the illusion of fear. Uh, and, and, and be patient. Let's, let's walk, work through it. Some of it will be stretching, some convicting. Some of it will be um, really uh, encouraging. And as they were uh, singing and ministering, it be strengthening. Um, but uh, something the Lord has been wanting us to talk about here for a few minutes. So, so I, I believe he'll say what he wants to say. But, but, but I'll give you this, just this little bit of uh, uh, interesting information. You may already know this, but you know, fear is sin. Yeah, fear is sin. Let's just look here. Uh, uh, Nehemiah. And there in the Minor Prophets. Nehemiah, and we'll, we'll look here at chapter 6. Verse 10. It says, Afterward I came unto the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, and the, and the, the son of Mehatabil, who was shut up. And he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. A little plot against Nehemiah. Verse 11, and I said, should such a man as I flee? Basically run in terror is what that means. And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Basically saying, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not running. Verse 12. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid. Look, and do so and sin. So he says, me being afraid would be sin. And that they might have matter for an evil report that they might reproach me. My God, think thou up, uh, upon Tobiah and Sambalat according to these their works. And on uh, the prophetess uh, Neodiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. They would have put me in fear. Right? And, and he called that sin. You know, the scripture says in Romans uh, uh, 14, 23, uh, that, that if you're not of faith, you're in sin. <laughs> you know, if you're not of faith, you're in sin. And so this fear is interesting. In this, in this situation, they try to create it, uh, a scenario, and these were supposedly prophets, but they tried to get them in fear. But he perceived, he discerned, as we were talking about on uh, Wednesday, I think. Was that Wednesday we talking about discernment? Discerning, yeah, it was manipulation. Yeah, we definitely was talking about discernment there. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> right? And so, so she had to pick up, you know, so a lot of times you're communicating, uh, people are coming around you 
and they're saying, hey, I just wanted to, 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 to warn you and to prepare you for this, but actually just creating fear. You know, I mean, giving you a, a worst case scenario, right? And so, so this fear, we, we have these different uh, acronyms over the years of fear. One of them is false evidence appearing real. Fear, false evidence appearing real. Uh, I got this from Zig Ziglar, but it's uh, forget everything and run. As I fear, F-E-A-R, forget everything and run. But, but Zig Ziglar was saying that we should switch that to face everything and rise. It should be converted into face everything and rise. In reality, it's best for us to put the devil and fear in their proper place, to put the devil and fear in their proper place. See, the thing, the adversary, again, tries to present false evidence of being real. He tries to present these uh, these uh, uh, theatric worst case scenarios because he understands we're snared by the words of our mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So he presents a picture because he can't stop you, but he knows your mouth can. And so he, so, so he puts up these pictures to see it, to say it, please say it, speak it, speak it. You know, we talked about this before, like puts up a set. And it's all illusions and delusions, and he just needs you to speak it into the atmosphere because he knows you're snared by the words of your mouth, right? Proverbs 6.2. He knows life and death is in the power of the tongue. So I can't stop them, but if I can get them to say what I show them, say what they see, not what God says, then I can stop them with their own mouth, right? And so we need to put them in this proper place. Now, how is he able to do this stuff? Right? How, how, how is this possible? Because, look, look. <laughs> see, like, like, who would even allow him? You know? Like, like how is he getting away with, with some of these situations? Right? Look, 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 Re- uh, Revelation 12, 9. Look, look at this. It says, and the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which, look, deceived Deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels was cast out with him. Remember him and the third of the angels, you know, when he was Lucifer, top worshiper angel, they got kicked out. Like, you know, it says Satan fell as lightning out of the presence of God. So here you have his, this person is going to end up in fire. This person doesn't have any leverage on you. All right, let's, 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 let's look at here. <laughs> but he's, he's, his false evidence appearing real. You, you remember the movie Wizard of Oz, you know, he says, I am the wizard, right? You know, they just run, <laughs> you know, they running around, right? And then come to find out it was, you know, he was behind the controls, you know. It was like it wasn't really no, no big wizard or nothing, you know. Or the kids, the cartoon Milan, you know, it just looked like it was a big dragon, but it was a shadow of a dragon, <laughs> Right? Right, but that's how the adversary been rolling in our lives. Like, you know, I am. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, 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 it's all smoke and mirrors, right? Let's look here at uh, Isaiah. Did I tell you Isaiah already? Okay, verse 14. Chapter 14, I'm sorry. Isaiah 14. And, um, <laughs> Look at this reality here. All right, verse, verse 16. Well, we'll, we'll, 
We'll start at verse 12. It says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, right? How art thou cut, how art, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? It says, for thou hast said in thine heart, I, key word, will ascend unto heaven. I, key word, will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount, the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. So he started exalting himself. I, I, I. You can recognize somebody that's really about to slip in life. You hear a whole lot of I. Right? I'll just let that soak in for a second. All right. All right. And um, verse 15, it says, yet, this is a reality, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Uh, it says, verse 16, it says, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee. Look, they that see thee, you're going to be brought to the pit. The people that look at them shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake the kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of the prisoners? This the God? How? How do we let him control us like that? False evidence appearing real. Forgetting everything and and running, right? (laughs) Right? Is this the devil that intimidated? How is this possible? Look here first. 1 Peter 5, the inspiration for our graphics. 1 Peter. Look here. Uh, Verse 8. It says, be sober. That's clear thinking, sound-minded. Be vigilant, look, because your adversary, the devil, look, as, keyword as, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Right? As a roaring lion, false efforts appearing real. Right? Presenting a level of intimidation that ain't even there. So having us jump into fear, panic, and make, uh, Hasty decisions. See, only people that really get in trouble are people that make hasty decisions. But why do you make hasty decisions? Fear. You're afraid that if I don't make this decision today, I'm going to lose something. So, so he has to prank the picture like, man, you need to make that decision now. I don't think you should wait, man. You need to jump on that now. You never know what might happen. Present all the worst case scenarios so, you, so to get you to move in haste. To get you to get out ahead of God. See, because if you're out ahead of God, that means you're not with God. <laughs> right? You out there on your own, you know. <laughs> All right, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Just giving you some scriptures on this false evidence of praying real guy, this, this, this uh, deceiver, trickster, hoodwinker, bamboozler. Right? that we've been allowing to have a little bit too much impact. 
All right, so 2 Corinthians 3, 14, it says, But their minds were blinded, for until this day uh, remained the same veil untaken away to, in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. If you drop down here to chapter 4, verse 4, it says this. It says, In whom the God, it's, it's written as a little g for a reason, <laughs> right? It says, In whom the God, meaning angel, <laughs> right? Little g is indicating angel. That's the word, the description for angels were little g's, little God, a little lower than the angels, right? All right. It says, on whom the, the, the little God <laughs> of this world has blinded the minds of them, look, look, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. So, so, so he, he, he creates blind spots. He blinds the minds of men through unbelief. He creates these blind spots. What are these blind spots? These blind spots are caverns of fear. He creates all these caverns of fear that blocks out the reality of faith in our lives. And so we have all these little pockets of blind spots. Think about the offense. Think about when, when, when the truth comes to you to free you, why would you reject it? Fear. Like somebody's trying to take something from you? You've, you've, you've developed a thought process. This is, all of us go through this. We develop a thought process. And in this thought process, we pull out a philosophy, right? And so we pull out this philosophy, and then we start to live according to this philosophy and thought process. This is our default. Then truth comes. That's what you was talking about yesterday, God talked. You know, truth comes and there's an interruption to our philosophy, our worldview, and our thought process. But knee-jerk reaction is we reject it because we're afraid somebody's trying to take something that's comforting us, right? Something that's, that, that's securing us, we think. And so, so there's an uneasiness, and some of us run in terror. We flee. Some of us fight. Is it, is it fight or flight? Is that what it is? Yeah. Some of us fight, but, but really it's a, we're afraid. We're afraid to let go, right? Because we've developed this not just false evidence appearing real, this false security appearing to help us and save us, right? And then God is saying, yeah, no, no, let go of that. You know, just, give me your hand. You know, you're in the movie, like, give me your hand. Like, no! No, just, just give me your hand. Like the person's saying, okay, you, you're secure right now, but in a few minutes, your fingers will slip and you're what? You're going to tumble. So give me your hand. I can pull you out of this, this possible scenario where you, you're, you're, you're risking your life in your situation. In my situation, I can pull you into security. Like, no, no, give me your hand, give me your hand. We watch the movie, when we watch the movie, we'll be like, man, just give the person your hand, man. You know, and they'll be like, no, no, stop screaming and give me your hand. Right? But, but, but they don't want to let go of what they think is securing them. They think if they let go and they lose that control, they're going to fall. But the only way they grab a hold to what's going to elevate them out of that demise is to let go. But fear says no, right? All right, so let's keep that in mind. 
right? These caverns of fear causing blind spots. Once he blinds us, he can do anything he wants with us. If you don't know who you are, he can do what he wants. If you don't know who God is in your life, he can do what he wants, right? And so, so he, he keeps that in, in a, a culture of fear around us all the time. Let's look here at uh, uh, Psalm 53. See, adversary's job is to keep a culture of fear around us. Like all this stuff going happening right now, it's just to create fear. Because if you, if, if realistically, if you really have been anchored in God and the word and the power of God, we'll get to that in a second, what difference does the circumstance make? I'm anchored in God. But it seems like we change our flow with God based on the circumstances. So we're basically saying, I heard my wife speak it out. We pray it all the time here. Any circumstances may a grain of sand comparison to God, right? So we talked about this morning when we were talking about uh, understanding the Holy Spirit, when we're praying in the Spirit, in an unknown tongue, you're, you're magnifying God. What you're doing is you're seeing God in his proper image and compared to all your circumstances, right? But a lot of times, if we don't magnify God or if it, well, we're not really magnifying God, we can't make him any bigger. He's just, we see him in reality of what he is and compared to anything in our life, then what difference does it make in the circumstances? The catastrophe, of the, it wouldn't make a difference because I'm rolling with God. But it seems like I'm with God unless. And as soon as the adversary knows that, fear, false evidence appearing real. Gives you enough circumstances where you'll go, yeah, God, but. Because a lot of times we operate God, but. No, God is. <laughs> Not God, but. God is. <laughs> Right? Did y'all just see that? God is. Did y'all just see that? I heard her. I heard her. Yeah, I heard her. They, they weren't playing around. So Psalm, I'm in Isaiah. I'm supposed to talk until I get to the scripture. It's ministry technique, right? You be talking, you be turning. And I got to Isaiah 53 and stopped. <laughs> Messed up the whole flow, James, you know. Then I'm supposed to say that, go right to the scripture, and then flow from there, you know. That's how, yeah. Trade secrets. Yeah, I just messed that all up. Psalm 53. No, I said I went to Isaiah 53, uh, got overconfident, and I was wrong. All right, so uh, Psalm 53. Let me make sure I got this right. Give me a second. That's not the scripture. That is not the scripture. All right, I'll find it. Uh, I have my, my uh, wonderful wife over there. The scripture is having no, uh, there were great, there was great fear where no fear is. I knew that. No, I didn't know it. I, I, I put the wrong thing on my notes. All right, it says, uh, verse 5, it says, there, uh, there were they in great fear where no fear was. So they were in great fear where no fear was. See, false evidence is being real. And if you think a lot of our lives, 
how many times we've made moves and circumstances? Okay, th think about this, this move right here. You left the job because of the circumstances, right? Or, you know, everybody going around the job, man, you know, they about to fold, man. This job is about to be, man. And then, you, you know, they hype it up every day, man. I'm telling you, man, yeah, you know, I, did you hear what's happening? You hear what's happening? Yeah, they, yeah, they about to close. They about to close, man. Every time. And it just keeps going around. And every day you go on to work, you're not just going to work. You're going to work saying that the job may close. And so what you do, you leave the job, right? You go take another job. And then it turns out somebody bought the company out. And they, the company went to another level, <laughs> right? It even got greater, but you left, why? Because of the circumstances, right? This is what you hear. And so, so there's a lot of different situations. You're growing in the things of God, and it looks like Jimmy is promoted quicker, this, you know, especially the ministry people. This person got a church. Uh, Johnny got a church. Such and such spoke over to such and such. You panic, and you, 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 you go... Get out ahead of God, and, and the whole time, you, it was already, always being set up for you, right? Having fear where no fear is, right? Yeah, it'll have you uh, panicking and bailing out from wonderful situations. I got this from a, 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 a TV show called Lie to Me. I haven't seen it a lot, but I did see it a few times. I thought I like the, the make, you, make You Think show, and I think the character was like, it was almost like the, 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 the name of the show was almost like, try to lie to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, try, right? And so uh, the statement was made, the power of the terrorist lies in the fear of the innocent. The power of the terrorist lies in the fear of the innocent. See, again, a terrorist has no power unless fear is induced. See, see, uh, uh, you know, something... I know I always use sports, but, you know, one of the things in basketball, we, we, we have something called a press. Um, and football is the blitz. They both have the same principle. Yes, the, the, hopefully you press people and they throw the ball. They, give, they, they, they get afraid and they just throw the ball away. That's, that's, that's you know, or, or you, you get a steal. The ultimate is you steal the ball. But really, what we would do with point guards when I coach, just keep pressing them. Whether, whether we get a steal or not, just keep pressing him. After a while, he's, he's going to break down. See, my goal is I want him to faint in his mind. I want him to give up. See, the first two times, he's like, got through that, got through that. But, but, but what I'm trusting is he's not going to be able to stay focused every trip down the court. Eventually, he's going to be like, man, and then throw the ball away. That's all I need. I just need him to break down. Yeah, I'll take a steal, but ultimately, I, I really want them to break down because once I broke them down, we got them for the rest of the game. Same thing with a the blitz. They just keep throwing people at the quarterback. They just hoping eventually he'll go, man, forget it, and just throw the ball away at the right time. That's what the adversary's trying to do. He's trying to sift the street, trying to break it down, break it down. He's hoping you faint in your mind, like Hebrews 12 says. Because once you faint in your mind, you're going to throw it away. You're going to give away your purpose. You're going to give away God's plan. See, see, he don't have to do that. All he needs you to do is, see, for some of us, all he had to do is come up with one thing that didn't go your way. And I guarantee you, they had a board meeting with the demons. He was like, it can't be that easy. Are you talking about this gifted? No, nah, I can't. The gifted God. 
No, the God has given, can, can really, if he goes to what he's supposed to do, he can really destroy us. You, talking about, you, you can't be talking about him. Yeah, all we did was we didn't let that one situation happen, and he done. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Wait, we're talking about, like, this guy's supposed to, I mean, I got the script. You know, when I was Lucifer up there, according to the script, this guy's supposed to change nations. Sir, I'm trying to tell you, all we did was disappoint that one situation. I Man, I know it's like normally it takes people to get to the purpose level. They're at the college level, but I mean, if you want us to keep monitoring them, we can, but it's look like he's destroying himself. I mean, this fear thing really works. He actually believes he stopped because of that one situation. <laughs> Having great fear where no fear is. <laughs> See, the best thing you can do is face fear. So the best thing you can do in the face of fear is to be still and know that God's with you. That's the best thing you can do. The scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. So that means I'm in a situation that wants me to move quicker than I'm supposed to, wants me to react, but I'm going to be still. I'm going to see what God's going to do. I read a book. I think it's in two books, but I think it's in a book I gave you, uh, The Footsteps of a Prophet. But if it's not, I know it's in a book called Expecting the Extraordinary by Jerry Savelle. And in the book, he tells the story of how when he met Brother Kenneth Copeland, uh, you know, he was learning about faith. He was new to faith, and he was listening to all the, back then, way back then, was real or reals. So he's listening to all the real or reals uh, on faith. And he's sitting in the service, and the man of God's talking about faith, and he hears a scream. Ha, ha, ha. I told the story before. He hears a scream, turns around, and the, the lady from the nursery has his daughter in her hands, and she's bleeding from her hands. It's just blood just constantly coming out. And it's, he, he said he didn't understand why he did this, but since he was learning so much about faith, he's really getting it, he couldn't move right away. His first thought was to look at the man of God and say, let me see what he's going to do. I mean, because this is somebody's bleeding, this is bleeding. And so the man of God didn't react, but he did respond. And he just walked down and went. He didn't, oh my God, he didn't, he didn't panic. Went, prayed for the young lady's hands, and uh, the blood stopped. Now, what happened was the person was rocking in the rocking chair and severed the young lady's finger. And so he turned around and he looked at, the, looked at Jerry. He said, he said, Jerry, now I pray the blood has stopped, but she has an open wound, so you probably want to take her to the hospital so they can do what they need to do. Just, just as, as, as cool as possible. Uh, for the sake of time, I can't go through the whole story, but eventually her fingers grew back, supernaturally. It's a documented miracle in, te- in I think, Texas or wherever it's at, right? But, but, but see, once again, he could have responded in panic. I told you the story, Kenneth Hagin wakes up, and he wakes up, he sees this big demon at the, at, at, in, at the end of his bed. He looks, he goes, oh, that's just you, went back to sleep. See, because he understood, the demon can't do nothing with me. I, I'll let you hang out a little longer until I, till I get up in the morning, and you got to roll. <laughs> Some of us wake up, see that demon, we running out of the house, <laughs> Right? Right? See, see, again, it's, it's, it's be still and know that I'm God, right? Amen. See, the best thing uh, uh, we can do is immunize ourselves from fear. 
And the best thing we, we can do to immunize ourselves from fear is to feed the spirit its daily bread. The best we, thing we can do to immunize ourselves from fear is to feed the spirit its daily bread, right? Its daily bread. Uh, uh, the scripture says, uh, man shall not live, uh, what is it? But bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4, 4, right? But Matthew 6 said, part of the Lord's prayer is what? Give us this day our daily bread, right? Our daily bread. No, 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 not every once in a while bread, but our daily bread. So, so, so just like you, you eat food daily, we should be eating the word daily, and that could immunize us, us from, um, from fear because we're feeding the spirit and not the flesh. You know, I think about how casually uh, we do worldly or fleshly things that empower anxiety in our lives. See, a lot of times we feed the spirit and we're casual with it. We go, man, this ain't hurting nobody. Yes, it's hurting you and the people that's going to have to deal with you when you've just fed fear and anxiety. But we casual with it. Like, if we knew what feeding the flesh would do for something that's been plaguing us a long time, that's fear. Like, what would you accomplish with no fear? Just think about it. Like, like, what interviews would you not wait for but go take if you didn't have any fear? What, 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 what uh, businesses would we actually build? What ministries would we start if we had no fear? We would be stuck at the, the job that's, that's giving you more than some people around you, but getting you less than you deserve if you had no fear. It's a, it's a, it's a book called uh, Who Moved My Cheese? Uh, I think the, the characters is Sniff and Scurry and him and Hall, right? Yeah. And so the interesting thing is, you know, it's, it's all about like the, the cheese getting ate up. And then, so, so one of them says, well, I'm going to go out into the maze because I might find some other cheese. But it was uncertainty. And it's like, so the other one was like, man, hey, you could die out there. <laughs> but, but the one that went out was like, yeah, but we ain't got no cheese. And we don't know there's any coming. We could die here. So we know we're going to die. We die here. Even though I don't know what's going to happen out there, it's at least worth t- t- taking a step. And the other one just sat in there and sat in there and sat in there till you had no choice. Like, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to do something different. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small book, it's like 25 pages, man. But it's, it's about, the book is about change. You know, and how sometimes we're, we're, our, we reserve change because of the uncertainty because we're intimidated by, by fear where no fear is. Like, our picture of it is always much worse than it really is. All right? So we find ourselves stuck. You know, there's people who have been at jobs for 30 years, and they're like, you know, when I finish this job, I'm going to get this, and I, I got this money built up, and, and, and something crazy happens right at the end of that time. They don't have the resources. Uh, it, was, it was absorbed either with the tragedy or the market, right? And then they're going, man, but I... But this was, this, this was my, 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 my comfort zone. But God was like, I was supposed to be the comfort zone the whole time. 
And I've been told you to leave that job. I, w- I was trying to put you in a position where you'd be independently wealthy, but you're still stuck over here with you, with your, because of fear in your control, right? And so we got to watch what we feed. I remember our Pastor Greg came out and he was talking about the two wolves, remember? Uh, faith and fear, you know? So we, we don't want to feed fear. When you feed the flesh, you feed fear. When you feed, the scripture says the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. In Matthew 26, 41, you want to feed the willing, not the weak. When you feed the, the weak, the weak uh, thirst for anxiety, worst case scenarios, right? Think about living, you know, hey, hey, you know, I'm just preparing for the worst. Yeah, but you get what you prepare for. You know, I always, for, uh, since way back in youth ministry in the 90s, I used to teach on, uh, I used to teach on just walking in faith and fear. I used to always use the high wire, high wire walkers because I always thought it was intrigued. And I noticed those that master it don't have a net. They walk in that high wire and there's no net. Why is there no net? They're not prepared to fall. The people that fall the most are the people with the nets. You know why? They're prepared to fall. Falling is an option. The guys with no net, falling ain't an option. So they're not walking the high wire, looking at the height, and worrying about them being balanced. They're walking it like we walk right now. Because think about it, we walk in a straight line all the time. We, because there's ground under us, we're secure. But we're not really focused on the ground, right? We do it all the time. Remember when you first learned how to ride a bike? The fear of falling? And then you mastered it. Don't nobody be, I hope you ain't getting on a bike now going, oh, 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 get, on, get, get behind me. You're getting like, like, you know, get behind me. I'm going to start out. Just, uh, uh, so the Sutton's going out to ride. And Jeanette say, baby, get behind me. And as I'm riding the bike, hold it up, hold it up. Don't let go. Don't let go. Like, like what would we do if we saw that? Like, what's, what's wrong with you? Now, if she never rode a bike, it would be okay. But, but we don't do that, right? Right? <laughs> I'm just assuming, like we, we right? So, so, so we're not considering uh, the worst case scenarios, right? We're not considering those, right? See, anxiety is an indication of a poor diet, a poor spiritual diet, not really getting uh, uh, feeding our spirit. See, we can spend our whole life trying not to lose. We can spend our whole life trying not to lose. What are you playing off of? Lose it. <laughs> you get what you expect, right? We can spend our whole life making sure we don't get played. What are we playing off of? Getting played, <laughs> right? Making sure no one takes advantage of us. What are we playing off of? Ain't nobody going to take advantage of me. Ain't nobody going to take I'll tell you what. Ain't nobody going to take You walked in the door. Oh, no, you ain't going to just take advantage of me. Person's trying to give you everything. What's, the, okay, what, what's this for? What's this for? Now, nah, I said, I don't want that. You, you ain't going to try to, you're you going to try to use me later. You know, like you're in all these scenarios where you, you like, your whole life is playing off of, that ain't going to happen to me no more. And the person that, that did it ain't there. I know I said ain't there. Stop, stop, English majors. See, see, it's stealing what we have. It's time for us to turn our security over to God 
It's time for us to turn our security over to God. It's time for us to live without looking over our shoulders. It's time for us to walk by faith and not by sight. Right? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. As uh, Ms. Lamar was saying this, and uh, this came out in one of our uh, guide talks, but I, I wrote this phrase down. I didn't forget it. Um, the statement was made, a shadow has no power. Right? But you can hurt yourself running from it. <laughs> shadow has no power, but you can hurt yourself running from it. I thought that was, that was pretty powerful. But in the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. Psalm 23, 4, right? And so, 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 so to, to navigate through this, we got to turn down the noise. Scripture says perfect love casts out fear, but fear has torment. 1 John 4, 18, right? Torment is all that noise. You know, how many, how many of us, we, we're in our head. So you have a conversation with, with uh, I'll just use me. I was going to say Pastor Mel. He happens to have a conversation with me. And again, you talk to the pastor. It depends on how you see the pastor. Some people are irreverent, so it really don't make a difference. But for the most part, people are pretty respectful and reverent, right? Have a conversation. Let's say you reflex a couple statements or it didn't really come out the way you said. So you go get in the car and you're spending like the next three days thinking about, I should have said that. I probably should have said this. Well, I didn't really mean it that way. Well, I wonder how he took that. Well, is that going to change? You know what? I probably don't even, you know. Shouldn't even ask uh, to do that because he probably don't want me to do it based on that conversation we had and the way I said that conversation, the way I was thinking, and then the way I was thinking, and I shouldn't have been thinking, so he's probably going to think, you know, I don't like him. He's going to think I'm disrespectful. He's going to think I'm not worthy. Now, you just had this whole conversation, and the pastor ain't thinking about it at all. <laughs> he ain't thinking about it at all. Have no clue that you're going through thinking about all that. All in your head, like, you know. Uh, or or you, somebody shows up, there's his church to show up, and then you walk by them, and they're kind of uh, seen standoffish. But you don't know, they were just talking to their fiancé, and, and they had a certain schedule they had to get to. The fiancé got caught up, forgot about the schedule, and is making the person late, so they're trying to rush to the car. But you see the person, and you, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, you know, they probably don't like me. They don't know you. They don't even know you. Like, 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 but worst case scenarios, it's got, it's got to be they don't like you or, or they stuck up. That's what it is. They stuck up. Based on what? You see what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we create our own scenarios. Okay, you got a, about four or five people get together, but then you got another person that would, would love to be a part of the four or five people. See, you know, mm-hmm, they think they all that. What's all that for? Because you're afraid to approach them and say, hey, hey, I know that you guys are going to hang out. Could I hang out today? They didn't reject you. They just didn't know to consider you. Amen. See, fear will have you all up. Some, some of us have destroyed great relationships because of fear. Yeah. You spend the whole day drilling a person. Well, what you doing? Where you at? Why you doing that? Right? Based on another situation. That's fear. That's fear, and, and it's, it's stealing from us. Let God be your security. You just live for God, right? Let God. We have to turn down the voices, right, so we can lock into the voice. Turn down the voices so we can lock in the voice. 
What voice is that? The still small voice of God. God ain't competing for conversation. Scripture says there was an earthquake. I wasn't there. It's a thunderstorm. I, well, he wasn't there. It says the still small voice. Right? But we got to shut out all that noise so we can hear the still small voice. That's 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. I, I didn't make that up. That was Scripture. So we have to get people's perceptions out of our head. If we can do that, it'll free up our power. If we get people's perceptions out of our head, it will free up our power, right? Scripture says, casting out all imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to obedience of Christ Jesus. Having all these opinions and all these thoughts in our head is not good. Let's look here at Psalm 1. Look here at Psalm 1. I did a message years ago uh, in Ohio called, uh, Who's Got Your Ear? Who's Got Your Ear? And this was the main scripture for that teaching. I think I did a little piece of it here about seven years ago. Look, it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, right? Nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Look, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night, right? It says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper, right? Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. And I know what everybody's thinking. Not everybody. Some people are thinking, I don't, ungodly counsel? Well, I, I would never go around ungodly counsel. You know, it's not like, now nah, I'm skipping that church. I'm going to go over there to that uh, devil worshiping synagogue over there. Yeah, I'm not going to the church. I need some ungodly counsel today, you know. If you wake up in the morning, ah, should I get godly counsel? Ungodly. I, I think I'm going to get some ungodly counsel. That's not how it operates. But you do get ungodly counsel by the music you listen to, you know, TV you watch, movies you watch, who you're sitting around, standing in the way of the center, sitting in the seat of the scornful, and you go, no, that's just them. No, that's your ear. <laughs> you're absorbing that. You know, you, you, you're absorbing that. And it says, you know, you, we want to avoid ungodly counsel because what it starts to do is it starts to feed your head with perceptions. You know, some of the most stressful people in the world are people that wake up every day to the news. There is nothing, the news is not designed to put positives. You might get every, every blue moon positive. You know why? They don't make money that way. They make money on worst case scenarios. I say, this is the new thing, if you don't know it already. So you have Facebook, you got, uh, what else? Instagram, you got Google. So when you go on, years ago, when we, the internet first started, I know I'm older, you know, you just, you have to go, go into the browser and search, right? Now they, they give you, because they know people like pictures, right? <laughs> so they give pictures. And they give a caption, and the caption is, uh, the whole NFL is, 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 is reeling based on this person's response. Go read the article, and it ain't really no big deal. But you weren't going to go read the article if they said, hey, man, good news. But if they packaged it in, oh, my God, guess what happened? They know what? For, for whatever reason. See what Pastor Mel said, we're nosy. But, but the reality is people are a glutton a lot of times for bad news. Gossip. 
right? Negative. Looking, especially if they think they're going to find out somebody doing worse than them. So they think the only way I feel better is finding somebody worse or dragging somebody worse, not getting better in my life, <laughs> right? So, so this is the thing. We have to get all these things out of our head, right? We have to keep our mind on God. The scripture says he'll uh, keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him, Isaiah 26, 3, right? And then Philippians 4, this is great. Uh, we're not going to get to everything today, but I just want to set a foundation for us to uh, start to see beyond the veil of the illusion of fear. Right? The false evidence appearing real. So Philippians 4 6. Philippians 4 6. Now, now, there's various versions of this, but it says, Be careful, full of care for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Look at this. And, right? Conjunction, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So look, it's saying, if you're anxious for nothing, right, if you, if, if you are careful for nothing, another version says anxious for nothing, right, it progresses into, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. But it can't guard your heart and your mind when you got all that other noise in there, right? And then look, 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 then it, 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 he didn't stop. He didn't stop. He said, that ain't enough. Let's go to verse 8. He says, finally, in this quest for you to have peace of mind, he says, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Look, think on these things. Yeah. So not only, not only was he saying, don't be anxious for, the, for all this, this worst case scenarios, he's saying, think on these things. Cast down anything that's not going to give you peace. Don't magnify the things that give you pain. Focus on the things that give you peace. It's, it's, uh, so, so I did a, um, I did a uh, uh, camp, I've told the story before, uh, for 13 years in Ohio, a basketball camp. And so I'm the type of person, even if I do something, I know there's something I don't know. So even though I play college basketball and stuff like that, but I was doing younger kids. So... I didn't realize there's a lot of things we do growing up, we could just do, but we don't know how to break it down fundamentally. So I, so I went and found out the fundamentals for the little kids that are getting it from the ground up. I was like, oh, that's why we do that. I was doing it, but didn't know why. And um, the, I read this book called Fundamentals, Big M. You know, and the book t just talked about the mind and how the mind operates when it comes to sports. And so it says uh, your mind can only be on one channel at the same time. So, so if your mind is on fear, it can't be on faith. Man. You see what I'm saying? So, so it gave a scenario of a kid, two, two recruits. Uh, it's a big game. All the, all the college coaches are in the stands. So it's focusing on one guy. And the guy, he takes a shot and he misses it. This is warm-ups. And he misses a shot. He goes, oh, my God. And he looks up at the stands to see if the coach saw him miss. He takes another shot and he misses it. So if I miss all the shots in warm-up, he's looking down on the other end and the guy's making the shots on warm-up. So he's like, oh, my God, he's making the shots. I'm missing my shots. Oh, my God, they're watching. So he gets all in his head, plays the worst game of his life. He lost the game in the warm-ups because he got in his head. He started thinking, he started thinking what they were thinking. 
uh, a scenario, took a, man to, took a young man to a camp, goes to the camp, and he's, he's really fearful. It's an elite camp. He gets there, and he talks himself out of if he's going to get a, a scholarship. Talks himself out of it. Behind the scenes, the coach was saying, I'm going to give this guy a scholarship. But he didn't think he performed well. See, worst case scenarios. And this is what happens when we're operating in fear. See, see, God hasn't placed fear in us. Uh, but love for all we do, the power to do it, and a clear thinking mind to see it. I repeat, God hasn't placed fear in us. He's placed the love for all we do, a power to do it, and a clear thinking mind to see it. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, clear thinking mind, 2 Timothy 1.7, right? That's what God has given us, not a spirit of fear, power, love, and a clear thinking mind. See, fear will focus on the circumstances. That's, that's all fear focuses on. But power says I have the ability to, to get through them. Love says I'm selflessness. I have selflessness, so I'm not worried about what happens to me. When I'm sound, I'm clear thinking, I can see and navigate through all the craziness. See, we'll, we'll get into it next week. Um, well, I'll, I'll just hit a piece of it. I've got 10 minutes left. I didn't realize. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's look at Matthew 16. Is that right? Why do I think that's not the right scripture? Let's see. All right, Matthew 16, verse 19. It says, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So, so, so let's go back to the scripture, 2 Timothy. Uh, he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power. That's the first thing he said, right? Power. Now, that word power is authorization. Authorization for what? Authorization to operate in binding and loosening in the spirit realm. That power is authorization for you to operate in binding and loosening in the spirit realm. You see what I'm saying? So, so he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us power, authorization. See, spiritual power is more powerful than natural power. And, so, so, and, and it's true because even though whatever level of power we operate in the natural, certain circumstances come up and we panic. But if you know you have spiritual power, you wouldn't panic, Right? Spiritual power is released through faith-filled words. Spiritual power is released through faith-filled words. Remember I told you the devil tries to what? Put up a screen, false evidence being real, and get you to speak it. Right? He tries to get you to speak it because you're snared by the words of your mouth, life and death is the power of the tongue. We talked about that. But the scripture says, you, if you abide in me and, and my words abide in you, you can ask what? What you will, and it shall be done unto you. So when a circumstance come up, why would I fear? Because I can actually speak God's perfect will into the atmosphere. I can pierce through the darkness with the power of my words, right? But if, I, if, I don't, if I'm not 
filled with faith-filled words. I can't do this. And see how this started when it's in the garden, Genesis 3.10. Remember, after they sinned, God was looking for them, and they, and they hid from God. If you read through, through that passage, it said they heard his voice, and they were afraid. So now they were afraid of God's voice. So if you're afraid of something, you don't receive it or absorb it. If you're afraid of God's word, you don't receive it and absorb it. So when circumstances come, when you're squeezed with that pressure, that false evidence of being real, what, you, what are you going to say? You're going to speak what you see, not what God says, because you've been running from God's word. Right? You've been running from the authorization to speak God's word and bind and loose anything that comes at you. See, see, you can't have fe- a fear of, of God's voice, God's direct word. We have to embrace God's word. See, see, God's word was coming to them in a different form than it had before. It was coming to them in the form of correction. But it was correcting them to get them back in line with walking in authority and power. Not as a punishment to destroy them. It actually was, correction was coming to empower them. Like, like, like if, the, if, if somebody kicked the, kicked the plug out of the socket, correction then is plugging it back up. And that's all God was trying to do, plug them back up to the power. But they ran from that voice because they weren't used to correction. They wasn't used to, so they ran from his voice so they didn't receive it. Look, look, look. There's more in this book than just soothing things. You, you, there's more in this book than, oh, you'll be all right. Oh, you'll be okay. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. Hey, man, don't worry about that. Hey, nobody's perfect. <laughs> right. And actually, that's not in the book. The book says, be perfect as I am perfect. Be holy as I am holy. It, all it's doing is harmonizing us. Didn't we talk about it in, in understanding the Holy Spirit this morning? We talked about how when they were on one accord, the power showed up. So he's trying to keep us in harmony, in, in accord, connected, so we can walk in authority and power. What would we fear? A powerful person don't have no fear. I remember when I used to didn't have what we call in basketball armor um, because I didn't lift no weights or nothing. So people used to knock me around. So I was fast, and I learned all the moves, but they, they would put people in the game to, to beat me up. So I said, all right, I got something for this. I'm going to get me some armor. And so when I got armor, I wasn't worried about nobody beat me up. They guys coming to the game, they cuss. I can't use say what they said, but it was like, hey, let me get them, let me get them. I'll mess them up. Let me get them. And when I heard them, I could hear them, and I'd be like, this is gonna be funny, <laughs> you know. And 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 the dude would be trying everything, but I was I wasn't afraid because I I, I had armor. I wasn't afraid because I was strong. I had power. So no matter what they did, I'm laughing. I'm like, you don't understand I have power. And the trip is I have power they couldn't see. But I had it. And that's the thing. When you have power, you're a lot more confident in your navigating through situations. You can walk by faith and not by sight. Fear is trying to weaken your power. Fear wants you to run. See, the Bible says when Jesus knew his power and knew who he was, when he, when he responded to the devil's temptation, 
He finally ended the conversation with, listen, even you got to bow down to me. I have a th- I, I've been authorized. And, 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 and the scripture didn't say the devil challenged him. See, he challenged him when he was just giving him like little shots, little word shots. But then when he said, when he, when he started to represent his authority, the scripture said the devil fleed for a season, figuring maybe I can come back when he's at a weaker state and he doesn't know the power he has. Remember, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, who's not operating in binding and loosing authority? Who doesn't see that they have power? And we don't, listen, we all, we all the same. When we ain't doing right by God, we don't feel powerful. You could, we could be attacked, help the adversary because we think we deserve it. Well, I did blow it last week. Right? <laughs> you, know, you know, he'd be like, well, I guess this is what I deserve for not doing right. But when you are in the presence of God, you don't be flinching like you do when you're not. You don't be causing arguments and panicking, you know, to make sure everybody else sees all the worst case scenarios that's, that's paralyzing you. You don't do that because you don't see the worst case scenario. All you see is God. And so, so again, um, let's stay plugged into the source. The scripture says, you know, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, him and the disciples were walking by, he cursed the tree. He says, because it was supposed to have figs and it didn't. It wasn't fulfilling its purpose. So he's like, no man eat fruit from you thereof. And so he's cursed the tree. So it would look like it would have, it had figs, but it didn't. They go away, they come back around, and they, they, the first thing they noticed is the tree was withered from the root. And they was like, Master, man, that tree, man, that you, oh, man. So they're thinking about what? Man, that's powerful, that's sweet, man. How'd you do this? He said, man, he stopped their conversation, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Stay plugged up to God. That was done because I'm, pl- I'm plugged. I'm plugged up to God. See, apart from him, what? We can do nothing. John 15, 5. Right? And so, so stand your feet. That's all for today. We'll, we'll get into some other angles of the illusion of fear uh, in, the, in the next coming weeks.